Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. All right, good to see you in church today. You guys okay? I'm Paul. If we haven't met yet, I'm part of the team here in Favorite Church. Can you look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad that you're here? Even if you're not, just straight up tell them, I'm glad you're here. A few things before I start preaching. Uh, Favorite Golf Tournament is open to everybody and anybody. And so you can, you can register for that, invite your friends to come and join. And the next is Counterculture. We're launching that today. Uh, I'm so proud of the team. That, that video that we just launched, the team who made that is built with like 80% teenagers. Uh, and so we have a great young team. We had our first counterculture conference last year, and one of my favorite testimonies that was birthed out of that was from a guy named Dwight. So Dwight uh, was totally unchurched, doesn't know anything about Jesus. Dwight had a tattoo uh, on his back uh, that's like a, a circular dragon that's about to eat the tail. And the tattoo was symbolizing that he's declaring that he's going to break the cycle and the curse in his family. Like, this is a guy who's totally unchurched, and then he got invited for some reason to counterculture, and in that conference, we declared breakthrough over generational curses, we declared freedom, and, and Dwight encountered God and was never the same since that conference. I believe that if we're going to change this nation, we got to invest in the next generation, so that's open to anyone who's a high schooler, college student, and a young professional. It's from November 12th to 13th. Saturday and Sunday, and we're opening it up for other churches as well, and so leaders and pastors can actually come on November 11th for a pre-conference session. All right, can we preach today? All right, we're in the middle of our series we're calling Relationship Status, and how many of you just loved Pastor Williams' message last week? Like, wasn't that a fantastic message? I was so touched by the story about Pastor Williams' mom. Like, well, in my, like, I love, I love that story. I thought, I thought it was game changer. I, I myself, I'm a mama's boy. Mama's boy, well, I don't really have a choice, but I'm a mama's boy, and I really, I really do love my mom, and he's ama- she's amazing. She raised me up as a single mom, and she, she brought us to church, and she's so awesome. She's part of our amazing kids team, and I remember, I think it was la- last month or a few months ago, we got her up on stage uh, because she was a new volunteer. And she did something to John G because John G was trying to get her to dance. She did this like, like that. And I realized like, hey, how come all Filipino moms act and talk the same way? Like they do that. Like when you don't finish your food, what do they say? Finish your food. Many are going hungry, right? Marami nagugutom, right? And I'm like, so if I finish my food, will they go full now? Like, what was going to happen? When you're looking for something, right? What do they say? Look with your eyes, not with your And if it's right beside you, what you're looking for, if it's right beside you, they say, kung ahas yan, tinuklaw ka na. Like, if it's a snake, it would have bitten you. Like, I don't know, like, do they have some, like, some kind of annual meeting and just talk about, okay, these are our lines, or our lines for the year. They have a group chat, a telegram, right? I don't know <laughs> 
what's happening. But they kind of have the same line. Like, I have a brother, I have a younger brother. He's also part of our kids' team. And my younger brother, uh, we used to fight a lot. Like, we used to fist fight a lot, wrestle, all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, like, if I was, I was born and raised in another country, maybe our parents would say, come on, don't fight. Let's resolve this conflict. Let's talk about it. But my mom, my mom was like, oh, ito kuchilyo, oh. oh. Like, here's the knife, like, okay, stab each other right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening out there, but, like, like, so we're thinking of how can we actually manage our, our, our kids who are rowdy, and in Kids Church, we're, we had, we're, we're talking about this thing called time out. Like, just give them time out. And as far as I recall, back in my day, there was no such thing as time out. Like, face the wall, that is non-existent. No such thing as time out. There was this thing called time to get hurt. That's what we had. Time to get hurt either with a hanger, a belt, or a, a, a stick, or like the pinch and then twist. That's the worst thing. Uh, so that's what we had before every time that we would have conflict in the, in the house. And what's, what's, what's funny is we won't really talk about it. And so you get out of that conversation or you get out of the punishment. Let's mention like, Right? And the conflicts, the conflicts remain unresolved, and you get hurt if they don't explain it to you. I, I have so much unresolved conflict before with my brother, and it wouldn't be resolved because we would just hurt each other. And I was reading this book uh, this month, and it said this very interesting line. It said, you get hurt the most by the people that you are closest to. You get hurt the most by the people that you're closest to. Anyone here? Uh, has filled, filled a bit annoyed by someone you're close to? Oh, perfect. Yung marami, huh? right? Anyone here felt a bit irritated by someone you're close to? Maybe you felt a bit angry. Maybe you've harbored resentment. Re- let me read you a verse that Pastor James mentioned two weeks ago. Ephesians 4, verse 26 to 27. It says here, Be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, yet do not sin. Don't let your anger cause you shame or allow it to, last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil an opportunity. Do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. When I said that we get hurt the most by the people that we're closest to, a lot of times we we get angry. And the word anger there uh, in, the, in this passage in Ephesians wasn't actually talking just about anger. It was talking about a spectrum of emotions in the original Greek. All the way down from annoyance, irritation, resentment, and rage and outrage. It was talking about that. And this verse is saying that if you stay in your annoyance, in your irritation, resentment, rage, or outrage, that you will give the devil an opportunity. Unresolved conflicts give an opportunity to the devil. In some translations, it said that unresolved conflicts uh, give a foothold, a place, a, an access to the, to the enemy. Because what? When you have unresolved conflict, the devil, the enemy, has an opportunity to isolate you from people. He has an opportunity to divide you from their people. He has an opportunity to, to distort your view of people that are close to you. He has an opportunity to to lead you to hate somebody and treat them unlovingly. See, the devil wants access to your life so that he could steal, kill, and destroy what God is doing, especially in your relationships. And unresolved conflict 
it's, a main, it's one of the main tools he's using to do that. If you're taking down notes, the title of the message for today is this, The Enemy's Wingman. Unresolved conflict, I'd say, is the enemy's wingman. What's, what's, a, what's a wingman? A wingman helps give access to somebody. He opens the door for a person that wouldn't really have access to it. I believe that I'm a great wingman. Like, uh, I'm leading our youth and young adults, and for the young adults, I'm, I am proven and tested. Like, right now, I have one testimony, one testimony, proven and tested. Well, I never made such claims. I only, I only suggested one girl to one guy, and it, it's going to work out because they're about to get married. Uh, and so it's cool. One day, uh, I was telling this young adult, not, not going to name him, I was telling this young adult, hey, why don't you, why don't you just, just think about this girl? And, she, and he, started, he started thinking about her, and he started, started talking to her, and they kind of got together. Now they're engaged. Uh, but I remember, I used to always tell them, if, if it falls down, remember, it's not on me. It's your choice. But if, there's, if this works out in marriage, that's, I claim the credit. <laughs> no, but when, when, you're, when you're a wingman, right? When you're a wingman, you give access to somebody for something that he originally doesn't have access to. But I would say that your unresolved conflict is giving access to the enemy to things that he used to not have access to. But here's the thing in the Philippines especially, that instead of killing the offense or dealing with the conflict, we take care of the conflict. And we nurture them inside of our hearts. This passage in Ephesians is talking about, actually talking about new guidelines of living once you've accepted Jesus Christ. But I'd say, I'd say that in the Philippines especially, we live in some of the old ways of living. What's a, What's a famous Filipino culture that we have? It's being passive, aggressive, defensive, non-confrontational. Like we love talking about, hey, can you believe what they just said? Can you believe what they just said? And then they pass by, you're like. But then you're like, and then they face you like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, hey, good morning. Good morning, good morning. (laughs) Right? We We are like that. And we lose because we're all smiles in front of them and we're mockery behind their backs and we let the conflict stay unresolved in our hearts. Whether that's anger, jealousy, offense, we let it unresolved because we are so non-confrontational. And we lose because we give access to the enemy. And we allow him to derail us from God's will when we stay in our offense. And so today, I wanna talk about how do we deal with unresolved conflict. And I think, I think I'm, a, I'm, I'm a qualified person to, do, to talk about this because I'm Filipino and I'm raised up in a culture where we are all passive aggressive. I'm part of group chats with all of your friends and then smaller group chats with just some of your friends where you talk about the people who were excluded in those group chats. Not anymore, people, but before I, was, I used to be part of that, like, I, I used to be so non-confrontational and still to this day, I still exert effort to confront somebody because it's just not natural for us Filipinos. And so I think I'm qualified for this because I struggle with this. Colossians 3 verse 13, here's how we can deal with this. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. It said anyone who offends you. Not people who say sorry to you, 
Not people who are nice to you. Not your ninang or ninong who gave you your pamasko this year. It said anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I, wanna, I want us to work with this framework when it comes to conflict resolution. And it's this. Because I'm imperfect, I need some grace from God and from other people. And because the people around me are imperfect, then I need to give them grace. Look at the person next to you and tell them, yep, you're imperfect. It's obvious. <laughs> no, we're all imperfect. We've all got massive issues. And so what do we need to do? We need to make allowance for each other's faults. So I have three quick points and then we're gonna pray. Are you guys okay? Yeah. All right, first point is this. When it comes to dealing with unresolved conflict, we need to diffuse it and don't delay it. Diffuse it, don't delay it. The enemy doesn't want you to, to diffuse it, he wants you to delay it. He wants you to stay offended. He wants you to stay hurt. He wants you to keep talking to your friends without addressing that other person because if he can do that, if he can encourage you to do that, then that offense will fester in your heart and it will grow and it will grow and it will grow and before you even know it, you're isolated, you're divided from the church, you're divided from your friends, you're divided from your family because you keep on delaying it and you're not diffusing it. And the enemy is so good, and we are so good with justifying our excuses. Uh, that's not going to change anything. They, don't, they won't listen to me. It's always going to be like this. They, don't, they, they won't hear my voice. He's never going to change. Like, you know why people never change? It's because we never talk to them. We never communicate what we actually need. And when we don't do that, can I put it to you this way? No, when we don't communicate what we need, and I, and I struggle with this, and we stay offended, we actually participate and we let the enemy's wingman offense grow in our hearts. And I would even dare say that at some point, we ourselves become the enemy's wingman. Because we allow what he wants to grow in our hearts. Ephesians 4 verse 31 says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. And there's an urgency to this. That's why in Ephesians it said, don't let it last until the sun goes down. It doesn't mean like resolve something, oh, okay, 559, I need to resolve this 559. No, but it says there's an urgency to it. You need to resolve it as soon as you can so that it doesn't grow in your heart because the more it grows, the more offended you become, the more isolated you become, the more it blocks you from hearing the word of God from other people and the more the enemy can rob you of what God wants for you. So we need to diffuse it and not delay it. God wants you to diffuse the conflict inside of your hearts by making an allowance for other people's faults. And I wish, I wish I knew this earlier. I wish there was an urgency to all the conflicts that I've had in my life. Psalm 119 verse 60, it says here, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands because delayed obedience is, it's disobedience. The, this, uh, this psalm right here in the original language, the word hurry there doesn't just mean be uh, rush to it and be quick with it. The word hurry there actually means be excited to obey God's commands. 
because there's a reward attached to obey God's commands. So you would hurry without delay. The word delay there uh, actually meant uh, more about reluctance, hesitation, lingering in it. Because the more you linger in that unresolved conflict, the more you stay offended. The longer you stay offended, the more movies you make in your head. You make movies of like, oh, ah, that's why. That's why they didn't give me a gift on Christmas. They didn't greet me happy birthday. I know they're talking about me. I passed by them. They didn't even look at me. My outfit is so nice. Okay, I messaged them. They replied, thumbs up. That's why. That's why. And, you, and we get so good with what? With connecting the dots because we're offended. We were watching a movie. Uh, we watched a movie last week. It's called Nope. I'm not going to spoil anybody. It's all in the trailer. It's called Nope. And we were with John Ramos. I think Jello Polino was there. Trish was there. And this movie is about a flying saucer, a UFO, and it's filled with symbolisms. And we didn't really know what was going on. I'm not really that smart when it comes to movie symbolisms. And so we're, we're sitting there, and Jello's sitting beside me, and Jello started, like, forming theories of, like, there's an owl, coach. There's an owl. Look, the owl, the owl. I'm like, what the hell is happening with the owl? Right? And it's like, oh, so, and we didn't really know what was happening in that movie. But as time went by, I saw one by one the people beside me start leaning in and start interpreting things in the movie. I saw John Ramos lean in like this. I'm not even exaggerating. He leaned in like this. I'm like, I've never seen you lean in like that in a sermon. <laughs> but, but now you're leaning in like this on a movie about a flying saucer, right? And like, and, and they started, and it's kind of, there's some jump scares in it, but I'm like, how can you scare me with a flying plate, right? But Trish and Pauline out there, they're shrieking, ah! They're doing that, and the guy beside me, Angelo, older guy, he's watching alone, he's like saying the F word every five seconds, it's being shot. I, I'm like, I think we are overreacting to this flying saucer. I think we're overly invested in this, but see, when you're offended, the small things become big. When, when you stay in that and stay, the unresolved conflict stays, these small reactions of people, you interpret it, you give symbolisms to it. Oh, that's the owl. And the owl means uh, they're against me, right? And so you give meaning to it and you, you, you form an overreaction because you let yourself stay offended because you haven't been diffusing it You've been keeping on delaying it. Proverbs 13, verse 18, verse 9, and it says here, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Who here has been offended before? Who here has been a, a stayed in, the, in a conflict in your heart and you stayed and you lingered and you kept on festering, uh, the, 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 the offense kept festering and it grew and it grew and it grew and maybe you're here right now and it's been decades and you're still offended by your tita who told you last Christmas you gained some weight, huh? I, and you're not married yet, like, and then it keeps piling up, like, and now you're, you, stay, you stayed offended because you kept on delaying it. Here's how you can deal with it. It's really, really complicated. It's really, really hard to do. Have a conversation about it. Have a conversation about it. I think 
I think some of us, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm included, some of us have back burner conflicts that we haven't been dealing with for years. Now, if you're going to have a conversation about it, here's how you can do it. Here's my second point. Before you accuse or attack, ask. Before you accuse or attack, ask. Because the enemy wants you to start attacking people. The enemy wants you to start assuming for people that, that, that things are going bad for you and they are against you. The enemy wants you to start accusing people. Why? Because he's an accuser. And he wants you to participate in what he is doing. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, oh, are you an accuser? Because in the Philippines, oh, man, and then, oh, I think all around the world as well, we love assuming things for other people. We love interpreting what they said on text into this big character of they're so against us and they're so mean because they didn't send a ha-ha. We love attacking people, and that's what the enemy wants you to start doing. I think we need to work with the framework that our assumptions can be wrong. We need to work with the mindset that how we're interpreting things can be wrong because we're not perfect. One of my closest friends in the world is a guy called, named John Javier. And if you know John, John is one of the funniest people inside a room, anywhere he's at, and he's loud. But John can also get really intense, right? And so I love calling John when I have conflicts with, with some people uh, in the mall. Because John's going to go, he's like, Ano sabi? Ano sabi? Ano sabi? Right? And then, I thought one time, uh, I didn't ask permission for this story, but it's okay. One time, <laughs> one time, John and I were chatting in the middle of pandemic. We're talking about connect groups. And I thought we were having a heated conversation because I, rem- I was remembering John's ano sabi? Ano sabi? Ano sabi? With the guard. So I thought we were having a heated conversation. And I'm like trying to resolve it. And I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting... I'm getting emotional as well. I'm getting angry as well. I'm like, and then at some point, he stopped replying. And I'm like, ah, now he stopped replying. Now you're talking about me with other people. Now it's this, like, I knew it. When he did not notice me that day, he was scheming about something. And I formed this movie in my head, and I was accusing and attacking him in my mind for hours. Until 4 p.m. came, he replied, hey, sorry, bro, nakatulog ako. Right? Before you accuse or attack, ask. Again, Colossians 3 verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults. A good way of us making allowance for other people's faults, it's not assuming for them, but asking them, hey, when you said that, what did you mean? Hey, when you did this, are you aware that this, how that made me feel? Hey, when you said that, I, I, I remember we talked about this thing. Hey, have you forgotten about that? Right? Before you ask, before you, before you accuse or attack, ask. That phrase, they're making allowance for other people's faults. In other translations, says forbearance or bearing with each other. It's to endure. It's to have a level of tolerance for other people's imperfections. And why can we have that? Because we're imperfect. In our team, we have this thing, we say, we say this all the time, clarify, don't assume. Clarify, don't assume. Because in the Philippines, we are passive, aggressive commentators, and we are union formers. 
like we form unions and we, we bunch together and we talk about things with our friends so that we could grow the offense within us. One time, I think, remember, tw- year 2019, uh, we were hired, like 10 of us, we were hired on staff. We were hired on staff and we hired on staff and we noticed, we noticed something. So you, uh, we signed a contract of like our monthly salary and we get paid weekly. So every Thursday we get paid. And we signed the contract of our monthly salary. And I think Albie and I were talking. And we were computing our, an intellectual, mathematical conversation. And we were talking about our salary weekly. And we multiplied it by four. So, okay, because there's four weeks in a month. If I multiply this salary by four, and it's, uh, okay, wait. That doesn't match. Kulang. Kulang to what they promised, huh? That's, it doesn't match the salary they promised because it's by four. And so we started like, oh, John, 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 come here, John. <laughs> that's like, mm, oh, nga, oh, nga. Yeah, that's cool. Huh? And so because I'm a Holy Spirit-led leader, I asked the first one on staff, Bell, Bell, come here. Compute that. Is it, has it always been like that? Yes. Bell's like, yes, yes. Kulang, kulang nga. So, and so we formed the first ever Favor Church Union right there, <laughs> led by Albie and John. And me as the balancer of it. I may have started it, but who knows? And so, and so we all like, and so John's like, okay, we're going to talk to Pastor James about this. So John's like, boom, open the door like that. Pastor James. Can we talk about something? But she was like typing or his sermon was like, okay, John, let's talk about that. And I sat, I sat beside Pastor James. And John went on going like, compute, compute, da, da, da. Albies like, well, compute times four. It's not school long, right? Pastor James like that. Just listening. He's just listening. And I'm, I'm looking at Pastor James. I'm like, mm, I think we could be wrong with this. <laughs> So I'm beside Pastor James, and I started leaning towards him, like, what is he going to say? And he started asking, okay, John and Albie, how many weeks are there in a year? Not in one month, because if you've worked with a month, and as soon as he said in one year, I'm like, oh, we're wrong. (laughs) And I'm a loyal friend. I'm going to stick with my convictions. I'm like, Yes, Pastor James. How many years, boys? How many months are there? How many weeks are there in a year, right? How many weeks are there? And he's there like 52. That's right, Pastor James, 52 weeks. And so if we multiply the salary by 52 and divide it by 12, then we would get the right amount, correct? He's like, correct. That's right. What are you complaining about? <laughs> and so on that same day, the first ever union was dissolved on the same day. But why did all of that happen? Because we didn't clarify, we assumed. We contrived and we started accusing and attacking and we did not ask. And then from that day on, Pastor James always called me pancake because I flipped so quickly (laughs) when I realized that I was wrong. But to me, it's a sign of humility. That's what it is to me. But you see, 
We gotta make allowance for other people's faults. We gotta make allowance for our own imperfect interpretation. Because we are prone to misinterpret things. But here's the thing. Especially with the people closest to you, because they're within proximity, you hold them to a higher level of expectation because they, you think they know you. And we expect people to know what we need. Communicate what you need. Don't assume that they know what you need because many of us don't know. James 1 verse 9, I love this verse. Let everyone be quick to hear. Be a careful Thoughtful listener. The original Greek of the word here there actually meant uh, to understand and to comprehend. Be quick to understand. How can we understand more? We need to ask more. We need to clarify more. Slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger. Patient, reflective, and forgiving. How many of you here? have said a not-so-nice word, maybe a harsh word, because you were not slow to speak. I'm, I'm part of that. Like, I'm not quick to listen. I was quick to assume and quick to speak, not slow to speak and quick to listen. So how can you, how can you diffuse it, not delay it? How can you start asking? How can we do this if anyone sins against you, if anyone offends you? Matthew 18, verse 15 to 18 says, gives us the guideline with how we can resolve conflict. Are you ready? Yes, here. If another believer sins against you, don't look at them right now. If another believer sins against you within favor church, go privately, not at the foyer, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. As I'm reading that, I feel like there are many people in this room that we have lost people over offense. We have lost relatives over things that we've let fester in our hearts. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again. Why? So that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Because when we're offended, we are so prone to misinterpret things. When we're offended, we can't hear what they're really saying. All that's working is our emotions. Like, oh, now you're saying that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. Right? And so, so we can't interpret it accurately. And so if you can't resolve it on your own, take witnesses with you who are balanced and not biased. It didn't say take people who are going to side with you. I'm going to it didn't say take people who know you and like who know you really well and are just gonna side with you all the time. It take people who will know when to side with you and when not to side with you when you're wrong. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church and email John at favor.church or Rocky at favor.church, because they're great with that stuff. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, Treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. That's pretty strong. But that's how we deal with conflict. We talk about it. Look at the other person, the, other, the person next to you. Tell them, hey, today's the day. You address that. <laughs> it's been decades. You were five years old when they made that comment. You were a teenager when they did that against you. 
Now you're 40 years old and you're still thinking of that. Because I have that. I have, I have that. And I remember there was, there was, a, it was a day I just remember uh, my brother, like my brother and I, we fight all the time. Uh, and at some point, at some point, we, he, my brother came to church, started getting involved in church. And so there's a, I remember a sermon on sonship that Pastor James was preaching. And I remember just going up to my brother and telling him about everything that I felt offended by and telling him about everything that I'm sorry for. And it released me so much. How did that release me? But simply by having a conversation. Have a conversation about it. My, my last bit is this, last point, I promise, is this. Release what you're holding and enjoy your freedom. Release what you're holding and enjoy your freedom. Release what you're holding and enjoy your freedom. The enemy wants you to be caged in. The enemy wants you to be trapped in your offense. The enemy wants you to be trapped and isolated with that conflict that you've been brewing, nurturing in your heart because the enemy's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. John Bevere said this, it's a wolf, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing, not a shepherd. Not a wolf in shepherd's clothing. Because sometimes we pinpoint it, we always pinpoint it at the pastor. But a lot of, a lot of people who cause division, the they pretend to be with the sheep. And the sheep are stronger in a flock. And that's why the enemy, he wants to isolate you. And if we won't release what we're holding, we're going to stay isolated and we are so prone to be oppressed and to be attacked by the enemy. Galatians 5 verse 1, it says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You're meant to live in freedom. You're meant to live in freedom. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The enemy, he wants to enslave you in your sin, in your guilt, in your anger, in your jealousy. He wants you to enslave you in that. He wants you to feel like other people owe you something. He wants you to feel like God owes you something. And he's doing his best to stop you from having that conversation where you can confess to the person that you've hurt or you could forgive the person that you've hurt or you could celebrate that other person's success. He was doing everything that he could. I, I've, I've had the privilege to, to cast out some, some demons from people. I've had the privilege to do some deliverance over people multiple times. And I realized this just, just this week, that for people that, I've, that, that were oppressed or possessed and I've casted out demons out of them in the name of Jesus, there were, there were two main strongholds that they were being delivered from. The first is sexual immorality. But the second, and I've seen wild ones manifest with the second one. The second is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. The enemy can use unforgiveness to get a hold of your heart. It could be with your parent. It could be with a friend. It could be with a leader. It could be with an office mate. But he could use unforgiveness to have legal rights on you. And whatever it is that you're holding against someone, the enemy can use that. That's why. Unresolved conflict in your heart, it's the enemy's wingman. 
And here's what I realized going in my, in my Christian walk. We don't just hold something against people who hurt us. We hold something against people who get what we're praying for. Sometimes, sometimes we hold something against people who, who get what we're praying for and we, we, we get jealous of them. And this jealousy, so, uh, as, it, as it goes on, it breeds anger. It breeds annoyance. It breeds irritation. There's someone dear to me. It's like a brother to me that I felt a bit of jealousy with. I met, I met this guy uh, back in 2013. We were in the same college connect group, and we were like one-two punch in college. We were the most, the loudest and the most, in, we would make the most inappropriate jokes in our church back then. And, and, and then this guy is one of my best friends. He's the funniest in the room. Every time he, he goes in, he's the funniest in the room. His name is Albi. He's always, always the funniest in the room. And we met back in 2013, and now it's 2022. It's been nine years. It's been quite a journey. We've seen each other grow. We're so grateful for what we get to do now. But we've also seen each other backslide. I backslide internally, but still show up in church and still serve. He would backslide internally and externally. That's uh, all <laughs> I got. It, but God, God is good. God is good. But and he, he was missing at some point, but whatever. We always, we always had this low-maintenance friendship. We always knew we're brothers. We're brothers till death. And I remember, I remember year 2018, uh, we, we decided to join the team in favor. And I, just, I joined first, and I got in the team. And I remember, I really struggled being myself as I joined the team. I really struggled just being comfortable with who I am. I think I was trying to prove something, or like I felt uncomfortable with my own jokes. Because like, if you guys know me, some of, you, some of you know me personally, and my jokes are like, I pretend to be this overconfident guy to mask my insecurity, right? And so my jokes are like, yes, my children are right? All that stuff. And I'm thinking like, if I enter in with those kind of jokes, they're going to think like, who is this arrogant kid, right? <laughs> what is he saying? So I felt really uncomfortable. I just being myself. And remember, Albie joined the team, and from day one, he was absolutely himself, he was the funniest in the room. He was offending some people, but he was making most of them laugh. It was so good. It reminded me, collateral damage, that's what they call it. But it reminded me of our college days. That's what we used to do every time we're in a connect group. And it doesn't matter who's there, we're going to make people laugh. I remember looking at Albie, I'm like, oh, I wish I could be like that again. But I'm just really feeling so uncomfortable. And then, and then I remember we both came alive in our calling. And I was always felt that, like, ah, oh, I wish I could be myself. It took a while for me. It took years for me to be comfortable being myself. And Albie, Albie was real, uh, such a great help pushing me to, to be more comfortable with who I am. But I remember at some point, Albie started getting things that I'm praying for. I'm like, oh, Daya naman, I backslide internally lang dati ah. And he started getting favors from people because God's favor is because he's been faithful and God's favor is on his life. He started getting financial breakthrough. He got married. It's awesome. And I remember one time people were prophesying over us. He got a great prophecy, like declaring calling over his life. Prophecy over me is like, you're gonna be pruned, refined. I'm like, what the hell? I don't want that. <laughs> I want the big ones like Albi, eh? Pruning, pruning. I remember like, ah, oh, I'm so jealous of that. So I remember like all that happened. 
and then, and then but, but there's nothing. There's nothing. They're not fighting. But I'd, but I'd remember like feeling a bit annoyed whenever it gets something that I want. And then in the middle of the pandemic, 2020, Albi messaged me, hey bro, can I call you? I said, okay, yeah, you can call me. So we talk. It's kind of like a bit of a hesitation in the talks, like, because he said, I just want to say something. And he's the one who initiated props to him. I, I, I told you, like, I'm still dealing with this. Alvi's very confrontational, so he's, he's great at this. He said, uh, I, thought he, I thought he was going to say, I know you have something against me. I thought he was going to say that. But here's what he said. He said, bro, I just want to confess. I'm jealous of you. And at that point, I'm like, bro. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting emotional right now. <laughs> I know why I'm getting emotional right now. So he said, I'm jealous of you. And I said, bro, me too, man. And he said, he said, you're so good at this, 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 this. And I'm like, bro, you're so good at this, this, this. You're getting this. Like at some point, Albi, Albi would always host games. Like you know, he's the best. He's the best host I know. So funny. And, I, and he'd ask me, bro, at some point, bro, why don't, why don't they get me to pray like you pray? <laughs> and, and, I, and now he's, he's praying great. He's so, he's so good at doing MC, all that. But I said, I said, remember, I said, gift Moyan, bro. That's, that's your gift. I'm encouraging him. And then at some point, he got, he got up to pray. And he's like, he's praying. And he went to me, he's like, bro, I don't feel like people are taking me seriously. <laughs> and then I told him, gift mo yan. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh. I'm telling myself, yeah, yeah, this, 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 this. You're so good at this. And then at some point, I think, I don't know if it was him or me, but I, I said, but, but hey, like, I don't want to stay jealous of you. I want to champion you. I want to root for you. I don't, want, I, don't want ha- I don't want to have this thing between us. I want to celebrate you. Like when Albie's in the room, he's making jokes, I'm making sure I'm the loudest to laugh because it's really funny. Like I- I'm-, I'm making sure I'm reacting when he's preaching because I don't want that to fester in my heart. We, we made the commitment like, hey, we're going to champion each other. I'm rooting for you. I got you. And we resolved that conflict. And what's funny is, we were both crying as we were saying that. And I'm like, what the, why are we crying? All that stuff. But we were, cel- we were able to celebrate each other. Why? Because at that moment, we had a personal revelation of God's goodness to us. Your re- you being able to release people will depend on your personal revelation of God's goodness to you. There's a woman who poured out expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus. And Jesus asked the Pharisees, if I forgive someone who sinned greatly or someone who sinned, who feels like they sinned small, just a, just a little, who would feel like they're, for, they're loved more? Of course, that person who feels that they sinned greatly. Luke 7 verse 47 says this, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has so, shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Your revelation of what you deserve 
will either stop you or release you from experiencing God. Your ability to release what you're holding against other people depends on your revelation of God's forgiveness and God's favor on your life. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. God has forgiven me. He put breath in my lungs. He's given me grace. He's given me access to Him. He's given me a future. He's given me a family. He's given me everything I could ask for. And because of that, I'm going to release people. I'm going to release what I'm holding against other people because God has been kind to me. I'm going to release my assumption on people's immaturity because God has been kind to me. I'm going to release people from, from, from the offense that I'm holding against them. Why? Because I know that I don't deserve what I'm getting. Because I know that I haven't earned anything that I have access to right now. It was given to me by God. All of us here, we are here in this room because there was a man, his name is Jesus, whom when we were so busy chasing after sin, after anger, lust, pornography, ungodly relationships, gambling, vices, when we were so busy chasing after that, there was a God named Jesus who came down here on earth and took your place and my place who died on a cross and became sin so that we can have access to eternal life. That's what he did for you and for me. But three days after, he rose again. And he's offering you eternal life. All you need to do is repent of your sin. Let me tell you, offense. Staying offended, that's sin. Repent of your sin. And the Bible says if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed right now, if that's you and you know Jesus is not at the center of your heart, he's not at the center of your life right now, you know he's not your Lord and Savior, you know and you know that you're not living a lifestyle of repentance. Maybe, maybe you did this way before, but you know you walked away from God. Maybe you've never, ever made this decision to make Jesus the Lord of your heart. The reason why many times you feel hopeless, restless, and you feel like you're in despair is because you're separated from God. But today's the day for you to accept Him if you want to. If that's you and you want to accept Lord Jesus in your heart as your Savior, on the count of three, can you lift your hands? Because I want to pray for you. Online, you can lift your hands as well. One, two, three. Lift your hands if that's you. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus, on the side of the center. You're in the center. Up the back over there, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Up the front, I see that hand. If you, if you lifted up your hand, can you put your hand in your heart? And all of us as a family, we're going to pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me on that cross. And that you rose again for me. Please be my Lord. Please be my Savior. Please be my best friend. I give you my life. In your mighty name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, can we give God praise for every person who just made the decision? Thank you so much for listening in. At Favorite Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, 
We'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church/next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.